we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, help us remember who you say we are. Lord, help us to agree with you in who you say we are, that we're highly favored, we're anointed, we're filled with your power, we're saved, we're healed, we're delivered. Lord, help us to believe what you say. Help us to believe you. Lord, so many times our circumstances dictate what we think. But Lord, help us to hear what you say about us and to hear your word to us. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning, we're real glad to have Mike Crawford with us this morning. Uh, I've known Mike, I don't know, for quite a while. It's been a while. Mike's family, we've been to we've been to some of his family gatherings. He's always had a good time with his family. And Mike called the other day and said, uh, hey, I got a testimony. And, and he shared a little bit. And I said, well, come on down and share with us. So, Mike, come on. We're just glad to have Mike and share with us. And then we'll, we'll be willing to pray with people at the Amen. end. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ron. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to be here and uh, just worship with you. Uh, like Pastor Ron said, I've known your pastor and, and Mary for uh, quite a while. And uh, just I just feel blessed to know them and feel blessed to uh, just come and share that God is still a healer. Amen? God is still in the business of healing people, whether it's healing their body or their broken heart or their mind or whatever it may be. And we serve a God that's ever-changing lives, and when we think we're in a moment that everything is lost or done, Jesus steps in and changes the circumstance. And I want to share just a, a testimony of the season and seasons I've walked through over the last four years, a little over four years, and what God has done in my life. And I want to share the healing power of Jesus Christ and that He is no respect of persons. If there's someone in this room this morning that needs a healing, we're going to pray today. And it's not because uh, we're anyone special. I love the song we're singing, that God is so good. You know, God is so good regardless. He heals our body and He heals our mind and touches our life, not because we are good, but because He is good. Amen? And uh, so the last four years of my life um, have been uh, a lot of hospitals, a lot of uh, hospital stays and specialist visits. About four years ago, uh, a little over four years ago, I started having an issue uh, with, a, with my pancreas. And uh, at first, we really didn't know what was going on and uh, ended up going through some tests. And we found out that um, I had pancreatitis. And they started asking you all these questions. Do you do this? Do you do that? And I said, no, I don't. And they said, well, sometimes we really don't have an answer. How many knows that doctors are placed in a good spot by the Lord? And I, I love them. I love our doctors, right? And God will use them. But sometimes they just don't, they can't tell you why. And, uh, and sometimes I think the enemy will come in and plant a seed. And what I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning is the seed that the enemy sometimes will plant on our minds is the facts that are right in front of us is what we fight. Sometimes we're fighting the facts over the truth. What do you mean by that, Mike? What's the truth? Well, the truth is we're healed by the blood of the Lamb, right? The truth is Jesus paid the price on Calvary for our salvation and for our healing. And sometimes fact will show up and want us to be afraid of what's real, what's life, what's going on. And so I started getting a real big dose of fact because I spent the next few years 
uh, in hospitals uh, as far as Cleveland Clinic and spent uh, almost an entire month on the ninth floor uh, in the Cleveland Clinic with a feeding tube and with all kinds of other things going on. And they were telling me, they did this test, Pastor Ron, that said, your, your pancreas has, because you've had so many bouts of this pancreatitis, it's created calcification, which will turn into damaged tissue or scar tissue, which is not reversible. And I said, well, what do I do? Well, the first thing they wanted to do was they wanted to send me home with a pick line. And, you know, if there's, I know there's at least one nurse in here this morning. Uh, and, and, and we prayed about it. And let me tell you, sometimes faith is easily spoken until we have to walk it out, right? How many can say amen to that? We can talk faith, we can preach faith, we can hear it, we can sing it, but when we have to walk it out, it makes all the difference. And so I had been in the hospital for about uh, almost a month at this point, and my wife and I were praying. She was coming up and staying at a friend's house and driving into the hospital every day and uh, had one, one child at that point, and she was super little. And uh, I'm glad to have my beautiful wife, Patsy, with me this morning. Everybody turn around and wave at Patsy. She's right there. Amen. Isn't she gorgeous? Um, so we were praying, and the, the last thing the doctors had said to me was, listen, uh, if you go home today or you go home tomorrow or when it is, you're going to leave with a feeding tube. We're going to show you how this works. You're going to leave with this. You're going to leave with that. And I just I looked at him, and I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to leave with that. Now, I didn't feel better. I didn't feel like the Lord had healed me at that point. But I was going to take a step of faith and say, no, you know, do what you have to do. So they, they started putting me on some different medications. And one of the things they put me on was um, a pancreatic en- enzyme that I would have to take cause, because my pancreas was creating an overage of, of uh, enzymes and that would create this this pain and this nausea that I would get constantly and would keep me unable to work or to function and so we were praying and they were starting to tell us well we think we're going to discharge you and how many knows sometimes when we're we're praying for something so hard we just want it to happen right now ever been there Lord right now I, I know that your word says this so I'm going to place that in my life and I'm going to speak your word and I'm going to say I want it to happen right now you know, I started using scripture and, and really emphasizing on, on the, the Hebrews scripture that says, now faith. I would say, now faith is the substance, right? I was ready to go. I started getting frustrated because uh, a day turned into two days, and I didn't know why they weren't releasing me. And uh, we were on, uh, a, like I said, a floor that was all pancreatic diseases, the ninth floor of the Cleveland Clinic. And uh, my wife was sitting next to me, and all of a sudden... I had started to doze off, and I was feeling a little tired. And all of a sudden, we heard all this commotion. We heard people yelling and running down the hallway. And the room right next to me, we hear code blue, code blue, and lights are going off, and everybody's going crazy. And then immediately, uh, they, I, I could hear them getting the paddles to, to shock this, this, this young man. And I never got to see him face to face. But um, all of a sudden, we hear this yelling, and I just looked at Patsy, and I said, we just need to pray. We need to pray right now. And I couldn't pray anything other than I just started praying in the Spirit. I couldn't say anything. I I didn't even have the words. And we prayed, and we prayed, and then all of a sudden, we hear, what happened? And a nurse come running back the other way, and my wife steps out in the hallway, and she said, what's going on? 
He says, this guy, she started telling, she couldn't tell us everything, obviously. She said, he had coded, he wasn't breathing, he was flatlined, they were getting ready to shock him. She goes, and then all of a sudden, he just sat up and just came back, just like that. I knew within an instant that the reason why I had not been released or discharged at that moment, if for nothing else, Pastor Ron, I was at that hospital to pray for that man. I never got to see him. I never got to talk to him. But I believe that God showed up that day, and it wasn't about me. Even though I was going through some medical issues and I was in pain, it wasn't about me. It was about me walking out my faith. It was about me uh, knowing that God has a perfect time. It's not our time. God has our healing already set aside for us. God has that restoration in our relationships already. He has it ready. But it has to be his time. Sometimes we make a decision that's permanent in a season, but we make a permanent decision instead of basing it on, okay, this is where God is walking me through right now. And I am so glad that I didn't push so hard to get out of there that day that I didn't have the opportunity to pray for that man. I don't know where he is today, but I know God forever changed his life. And I know that those nurses, before we left that hospital, every one of those nurses on that floor Guess what they were talking about? This crazy thing that happened. And a nurse came in and she said, we don't even know what happened. And Patsy says, well, I do. We were praying. And in the middle of us praying, all of a sudden we hear this commotion. And that's when you guys said the guy just sat up. God is in the business of not just healing, but he is in the business of breathing life, just like he breathed life into the first person, into Adam. He's still breathing life today. And we just need to learn to speak life I want to, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 14, and verse 6. This is a, a scripture that we know, most of you probably know it well. But I want to talk to you again, like I said this morning, a little bit about truth and fact as I'm sharing my testimony here. Uh, and one of the things that the Lord has really dealt hard with me over the last several months is the fact that uh, when we step out in faith, if you didn't have enough against you at that moment, you will. When we start to speak things in faith and start to speak and declare the word of the Lord over our life, it's open season. Okay? There's a scripture that says uh, in First Peter, it says that the enemy, the adversary, is like a roaring lion, lion walking to and fro among the earth, seeking whom he, can, he may devour. Let me, let me go back. There's a couple different versions, but when you break it down, it, it says he's as or he's like a roaring lion. Here's, here's the truth behind that. Okay? The truth is he can't do anything to you because he's already been defeated. He can't, he can't control your circumstances unless you allow him to. If we allow him to dictate how we feel, what we say, how we walk, then he is going to do that but the truth behind that is is the enemy was defeated long ago and when he was defeated that defeat is for everyone in this room it's everyone around this world and you have to differentiate between what you see with your eyes and what we see with our eyes and what we know the 14th chapter of john uh, verse number six says jesus said unto them i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me If we fast forward over the next couple of years, I was in and out of the hospital still, 
and really believing that the Lord was going to heal my body. And there was a time of about maybe six or eight months, maybe longer than that, that I felt great. I was taking some pancreatic enzymes and, you know, you watch what you eat and, you know, those all those things that you, you want to try and do. But the bottom line was, is when it hit me, it hit me hard. And I ended up, my, my regular doctor uh, referred me to uh, the University of Michigan. And the University of Michigan, you know, it's one of those hospitals that pretty much if you're going to go to a hospital, that's one of them you want to go to if you've got a problem, right? And I'd already been to Cleveland Clinic, and I knew what they had said. I'd had, you know, UTMC and Toledo Hospital had done some of these tests. I had done three times that showed this damage to my pancreas, and I knew, I knew what the truth was. Medically, it was there's nothing we can do. You're going to end up in and out of the hospital a lot. You may end up with a pick line permanently, yada, yada, you know, all of those things that you don't want to hear. So we go to the University of Michigan, and we go in to talk to this doctor. And in about five minutes, maybe it wasn't even five minutes of him looking at my charts and looking at me and talking to me and what he knew, he said, we can't help you here. That's a scary place to be. When you are at a hospital that's world-renowned, and they look at you and say, we need to send you someplace else. And jokingly, I think at first, my wife says, maybe not jokingly, but not thinking that was possible, she said, is there some kind of like transplant or something like that that, that you, you do for this? And he said, that's exactly what I'm recommending him for. It's called TPAT. And he, she explained, he explained what this was. And there's only about 12 hospitals nationwide that do it. And one of them was at the University of Cincinnati where he referred me to. And he said, listen, this is a big deal, but I, I want to start the process of you having this procedure done. He said, because I think this is what's going to give you uh, relief. This is, it's, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. And he started telling me. And the more I researched it, the more fear tried to grip my life. False evidence appearing real fear. And all the way home, my wife wanted to talk to me about it. And I said, no. Nope. I don't want to talk about it. I, I don't even want to talk about it right now because it, there was this fear that was trying to grip my life. So as we started to find out more and went to our first visits with this transplant team, we found out that um, they would remove my pancreas completely and uh, they would try and transfuse uh, cells that created glucose back into my liver. And it was, this, it was a really large surgery. It could take up to 16 hours. When I came out of the surgery, they explained that I would be in a medically induced coma for three to five days with machines breathing and living for me until I got normal. I'd be in the hospital possibly a month and then would have to stay in the Cincinnati area for a month so they could show me how to use my insulin pump that I would have to have and my pick line and all of the things I would have to do. And so they made the, the last appointment for a, a test that I'd had done three times prior. Uh, and this test that they had shown uh, evidence of damage to my pa- my pancreas three times prior to uh, this one, uh, they needed to do it again because this transplant team says, "Hey, we have to have our own. We know what it says. We know we know all of the, your conditions." And then at that point, I had been on a liquid diet for about six weeks. Okay, and this was in October of this year. I had been on a liquid diet for about six weeks, and I had had nothing but water for about six days. It was, it, was, uh, it was real to me. This was, this is, I was at a point where fact was hitting me upside the head. And, and I would pray and I would pray and I just couldn't seem like, I, didn't, I, I knew that God would use a doctor if that's what it came down to. 
And I came to a point, and if I could tell you anything this morning, come to a point that you release whatever it is to the Lord, that whatever he's going to do, you're okay with what he's going to do. Does that mean you're giving up? Absolutely not. But we came to a point where we said, God, if you're going to use a doctor, we know that's the way the miracle will come. If you're going to heal me miraculously, we know that's the way it's going to come. But we're going to rest in that. We're going to trust in that. Our, our family, we use the verse, we got it hanging up in, on our living room wall, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Now, I'm a King James junkie. That's the King James Version, right? There's another version that I don't care so much for because it says, He will make your path straight. Now, there's a big difference in being directed down a path and Him going, making your path straight, right? And so I've been one of those people that have walked down a very crooked path at times and go, Lord, only you can get me through that. And that's where we were. We were were standing on his word at that moment saying, Lord, we trust in you. We trust in whatever decision it is that's going to have to be made here in order for me to get well. So we go in for this procedure and and we had not met the doctor that was going to do this procedure first. Uh, And he comes in, his name was Dr. Milton Smith. He's a part of the uh, transplant, pancreas transplant team in uh, Cincinnati Medical Center. And he says, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to do today. And he said, you've had this test done three times before. He said, I've read the, read the records. I've looked at all of the hospital stays. and I've looked at your enzyme levels, your lipase and amylase levels. And I've seen where they've been really elevated here and there and all of these things. And, and he, he then said, what I'd been told many times before. There's a lot, Mike, that we don't know about the pancreas. Didn't make me feel real good about that time because I'm thinking, hey, I was told as we went down to see this, this transplant team, the doctor at U of M said, this is your Hail Mary pass, Mike. That's what he said. This is your Hail Mary pass. And so he's telling me there's a lot we don't know. He said, but I've reviewed your charts. I've reviewed your records. He says, but I do want to tell you, I purposely did not look at the U.S. scan from Cleveland Clinic. And immediately I was like, what? Like, this is, this is a place that's world-renowned. I mean, they have like an entire floor. This is what they're telling you. Why would you not want to look at that? And he just says, he simply looks at me and he says, I want to go in with no preconceived notions. He said, I want to have a fresh set of eyes, and I want to go in and see it for myself, and I want to see whatever's going on. And immediately at that moment, what came to me was the fresh set of eyes that he was going to look through was the lenses of Jesus. And I didn't realize to what point. And he said, so uh, you, you know what this is. This is just a preliminary um, so that we can get you scheduled for the next step. And he said, I'll see you in a couple hours. Now, I woke up that morning like most mornings feeling pain, feeling nauseous, and just not very well. And the whole way down to the drive, my wife and I were singing worship music and listening to scripture and talking about scripture and just really trying to build faith. But again, like I said, when, when the fact of how you really feel is staring you in the face and no one else can tell you anything other than, well, this is what we're going to do, but there's not a whole lot. I, I was getting a really big dose of fact. And so here I go into this procedure and I, I like I said, I went in feeling a little sick still and, and, and I knew what they were going to do. And I wake up from this procedure, and I, I wake up feeling 10 times worse than when I went in. Probably 10 times more pain. Sometimes when we get to the point 
where the enemy is fighting us the hardest. Our worst enemy is ourself. Because what, what we say at that point, what comes out of our mouth, what comes out of our heart, Scripture says that from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever we're putting into our heart, whatever we're listening to on a regular basis, when it comes out, whatever we speak, a lot of times we walk right through that. And, you know, I was, I was really trying to think positively and that, man, the Lord's going to do a miracle and, and this is going to be okay. But I was in more pain than I had been in in a while. The nurse came in and he said, listen, I'm going to get you some pain medication. Um, and, and I had been on a, a ton of different medications at this point, trying to control the pain. And, and so he came in and if there's any other medical people in here this morning, he came in and gave me fentanyl. Well, if you know anything about fentanyl, it's kind of like, hey, see you later. See you next week, you know. Uh, and it started to work a little bit, but at the same time, I was just really discouraged, you know, and my wife was there praying, and I called one of my uh, good friends, he's kind of like a father, and he's praying with me, and uh, at this point, it goes 20 minutes or so goes by, and the surgeon walks in. He says, hey, I heard you're feeling a little rough. I said, yeah, I'm starting to feel a little better right now, though, and he said, okay, I know they gave you some pain medication, and he's got this look on his face. It's like a blank stare. It's kind of like he saw a ghost. I mean, just really kind of somber. And he said, you know, if I would not have came in to meet you before we went in for the procedure, I would, I would not believe I had the right person on the table. And I said, why is that? And he said, you have a perfect pancreas. And I said, what? And my wife said, what? And he said, I, I don't know what to say. He said, I don't know what to do. He said, I can't recommend anything because your pancreas looks perfect. And we can't explain it. And immediately my wife and I both started saying at the same time, we can. We can explain it. There's power in prayer. And we still serve a healing Jesus. And he said, okay. But I, he, he's still shaking his head. He's in, he's in awe of kind of the whole situation. And let me tell you. Even though the fact was he was telling me I had a perfect pancreas, I didn't feel like I had a perfect pancreas. I felt sick. I felt pain. I felt what was staring me in the face was that reality said one thing and God's word was declaring another. And at some point, we have to make the decision that his word trumps all. His word that we declare over our life and we bind his word to our life and we bind healing to our lives and, and we loose the assignment of sickness off of our life, that if we start to do that, sometimes it gets a little bit rough before it gets better. And that's where I felt like I was at. And he said, well, here's what we're going to do. He said, Dr. Ahmad, who was the head of the, the transplant team, he said, he still is, has to be the one that says what he wants to do next. And he said, you know, I know you're going to see him this time, yada, yada, yada. Now remember, I left that morning and I hadn't had a, a thing to eat except for water in six days and then broth for six weeks. So we started getting around and, and he says before I left, he goes, you know, there's a couple things I want to do anyway. Sometimes when people are having a hard time understanding the miraculous, they will reach for anything that they can. And that's okay. He says, I think I want to still do this nerve block and I want to do this. And I said, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I didn't even know what to think at this moment. So we got in the car, and about 10 or 15 minutes, we're driving home, and it's about 6 o'clock at night on October 31st. 
And my wife says, you know, I, I need to eat something. It's been pretty much all day. I haven't really eaten. And she said, so I'm going to have to stop. And I said, you go ahead. I'm not, I'm still not eating, you know. And she, so we get to about Dayton. And I, all of a sudden, I just felt, for the first time, I felt hungry. And you have to understand, if, if you've never known anyone that had uh, pancreatitis or a pancreatic disease that causes pain, when, when you eat and it creates this issue, it makes you not want to eat at all. I mean, I had dropped about 40 pounds, and I mean, and then some, and I was at the point where I was like, nothing sounded good ever. And if I did feel good, that fear would try to grip me that the minute you eat something, you're not going to feel good anymore. So anyway, I said, you know what, Patsy, if there's a place that's got soup or something, I think I could eat some soup. She goes, are you sure? I said, no. (laughs) But we stopped. And we stopped at this place, and I had some, some meal. Now, I had taken these, these pancreatic enzymes called Creon before every meal, anything that I had to eat for almost four years. And any time that I missed a dose, and I had a couple times just with other things going on, usually that afternoon was a, a hospital trip, sometimes within hours. Um, not always, but in most cases. But I ate, and I had some of those pancreatic enzymes with me, and I just I took them before I ate, and... We got on the road, and we got home that night, and, and when I got home, I was just exhausted. I felt like I had just went through the ringer. I was tired. I was just, so my wife is talking to the babysitter, getting things, and I just went upstairs, and I don't even remember laying down in the bed. I just fell asleep. When I woke up the next morning, you know, sometimes you get up in the morning, and you don't really know how you feel when your feet hit the floor. You know what I'm saying? You got to get up, walk around, take a shower, do your routine a little bit. And then you can start to say, okay, yeah, feeling pretty good. This is going to be a good day. And, and my dad used to always say, uh, you, don't, you can't say you're sick as soon as you get out of bed because you haven't even been up long enough to know if you're sick, right? So, you know, there, there's that part of it. So, uh, you know, I got up and I said, man, I feel great. And I slept all night. Now, I hadn't slept all night in almost a year. I had I would get up in the middle of the night sometimes for hours. Sometimes I couldn't lay flat. I'd have to sit up. And I slept all night, and I felt rested. I didn't have any pain. I didn't have any nausea, and I was hungry. Well, my wife was teaching. She teaches online in the morning, and so she was teaching. I wanted to go in and talk to her, but I was like, i got to wait. So I got the kids around, and we went downstairs, and I made breakfast for them. And I made breakfast for myself, and I was in such a hurry I just ate. I didn't take any medications. I didn't do anything. I just ate. And about an hour after I ate, Pastor Ron, it hit me. Man, I forgot to take my enzymes. That's not good. And fear wanted to grip me. Fear is the enemy that will try to come against you every step that you take. And when we have to face it, With faith, we have to trust that when we speak the word, it accomplishes that which it was sent to do. That's what it tells us, right? It would not return unto us void. But at that moment, I'd love to tell you, I started speaking scripture over my life, going, man, I I cursed this sickness that's going to come against me because I didn't didn't do that. I didn't. I, I got fearful. But I realized I was feeling great. I didn't have anything going on. And I thought to myself, this is awesome. I'm not going to tell my wife, though, because she is going to freak out if she finds out that I didn't take that medication, and now I ate. 
So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a step of faith. And my next meal, I'm not going to do it either. So I did. And the next meal, I did it again. And I felt great. I made a phone call to a couple of people. And the first thing that the first person said when I called them, they said, hey, you sound different. I talked to them for all the 10 seconds, and I sounded different. They heard something different. And I said, you know what? I feel great. And I started explaining to them what was going on. And I said, you know, when that doctor told me that he found a perfect pancreas, for me, it wasn't enough. I wanted to feel it. You hear what I said this morning? Sometimes you, you want to know it so bad, you want to feel it, you want it all right now. And when faith has to be engaged, it doesn't always feel good. And that's where I was. But at this moment, all of a sudden, I had, I had trusted. I had just left everything aside and trusted in the Lord. And I was waiting on him to complete this miracle. And at this point, when I, when I started to have all these things happen, I was eating, I'm feeling good. We went a few days, and I don't know exactly how many days it was. We had to go back to Cincinnati, and we were meeting with the surgeon. And he says, well, I don't know what to do. And he's just looking at us with the same thing. And I said, what do you mean you don't know what to do? He said, we don't know what happened between the scans from before and now. He said, but like Dr. Milton Smith said, he said, you have a perfect pancreas. Everything is functioning the way that it should. And I said, we know what happened. We started to tell him a little bit. In the moment we started speaking truth, facts started to come back from him. Does it make him bad? No, he's doing his job. He said, well, you know, you've had several surgeries. He said, I'd like to do a couple things. He said, the first thing I'd like to do is I'd like to go in and do the surgery to move some adhesions. And because you've got some, you know, this is keeping your, your whole gastral tract from moving the way it should, yada, yada. We need to do that. And I said, why? He said, because of your pain. I said, I don't have any pain. Well, I still think we should go in there and, and do this celiac nerve block. We'll do it endoscopically. We'll have to do it every six months. That's about how long it lasts. And I said, why? And he said, because of your pain. He said, I don't have any pain. When I started speaking truth over what he knew as fact, it started becoming even more real. He then looks at me and he says, do you want to go back to work? I said, yes, please. I'd been off for about two months at that point. I said, yes, please, I'm ready to go. When we left there that day, I have had from November 1st to now, not only the doctors tell me that there is nothing wrong with my pancreas and that I have this unexplainable change in my body, but I've had zero pain, zero symptoms, zero. I have been perfect since November 1st. And I've been sharing this testimony because what it boils down to is this. God's time is not always our time. Listen, I I was raised in church. I have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And some of you that were raised in church know exactly what I'm talking about. I've seen miracles. I've seen seen people healed of things that you wouldn't believe it. I mean, you read about it and you think you're reading, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not instead of somebody's real testimony. I've seen these things, but it doesn't keep fear from entering our lives. And fear is not from the Lord. God has not given us the spirit of fear. And we had to speak that over our lives, 
over and over again. And if I could encourage you this morning, what I'd, what I'd like to encourage you to do is every time what looks like evidence of something that's not from the Lord comes to your life, look at that fear and speak the word. Speak the word. He said, I am the way, I am the truth. Speak truth over that life. You know, two days before I went in for this, this last procedure, um, a friend sent me a text message. And I had read this passage that they sent me in the text message probably, I don't know, a couple hundred times. And it was the passage about Lazarus. And everybody, How many know this, remember the story about Lazarus? And what his sisters had said, they were speaking some really, really hard facts. The first thing was, is they said, Jesus, why didn't you come sooner? If you would have came sooner, our brother would still be alive. And Jesus responded to them, he'll live again. Oh, we know he'll live again in the resurrection. No, no, I am the resurrection. But fact was, he was dead and had been dead three days. And this little text message that got sent to me talked about the scripture. It said, show me where you laid him. They said, okay. Roll away the stone. Lord, he's been dead for three days now. He stinks. He stinketh. And this message that someone sent me said, you know, the enemy wants you to feel like it's over. It's done. This is where you are. And you stink. Deal with it. That's the facts. But the real truth was, when Jesus called him forth, they rolled that stone away, and everyone's fear was that he's been dead already. And, and you know, I, I am not a, uh, a Jewish history buff, but I know a few things about it. And one of the things that I do know is that custom was at that point that for three days, the Jewish people would believe that the Spirit was still hovering around that person. And it wasn't until the fourth day that it was completely gone. So when Jesus came on the fourth day, when everyone had counted it out, everybody, anyone ever felt like someone's counted you out and said, it's done, it's over, kaput, finito? That's what everyone thought. But Jesus knew that. and He didn't want anyone to be able to say, but this is why he was able to live again. No. When he called out and they moved that stone away and he called Lazarus forth, that wasn't the entire miracle. Because the miracle was that yes, he came forth, but it said that he was bound hand and foot in grave clothes. When I left the hospital that day and they told me of this miracle, I was still bound in grave clothes. But Jesus spoke some life and truth at that moment and he said, Loose him and let him go. And that's exactly what Jesus did for me. When I came out of there, the enemy wanted me to feel defeated still. See how you feel? See, he's telling you this, but you'll be back. You're going to be in the hospital again. You don't feel any better. See, they just, they just missed it. They already said that they don't know what causes all of this. But I held on to truth. And I let that truth prevail over any fear that would enter my mind. And I'm here to tell you this morning, whatever you have going on in your life, he's a healer. He's a healer to the broken. 
He's our Savior, but He cares about every single need in our lives. And I had come to a point where I can tell you there was times that I would go, Lord, are you ever going to do anything with this? I'm just, I'm being as transparent as I can be with you this morning. I said, God, I've seen you do miracle after miracle for people. Why am I not there yet? And softly he would whisper, wait. Wait. Scripture says that the psalmist, psalmist actually wrote, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord. 40th chapter of Psalm. He heard me and he inclined unto my cry. He picked me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. And here's the good part. He set my feet upon the rock and he established my goings. I read the back of the book, everybody. Guess what? We win. We're healed. We're delivered. We're set free. I know that there's some of you here this morning that have needs. And uh, I'm going to ask Pastor Ron if he'll come in just a moment here too. And if you have a need this morning, God is no respective person. The same healing Jesus that healed me can heal you. It's not because I'm here this morning. It's not because of my testimony. It's because we serve a healing Jesus. And He changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And regardless of your circumstance, if you think it's done and over with, I'm here to tell you, you're a step away from your new beginning. You're a step away from walking in healing. You're a step away from a mended relationship or a mended broken heart. Pastor Ron, would you come and join me this morning? If you have a need this morning, and if the musicians want to come, if you have a need this morning, I would invite you just to come right on down front here. Uh, I don't care what the need is. We're going to agree. We are going to uh, pray that the Lord would just, whatever it is, whatever our thinking is, Pastor Ron, sometimes the Lord needs to wreck our thinking. Sometimes we get stinking thinking. And sometimes He just needs to wreck our thinking and we need to lay it down. So if you have, everybody let's stand to our feet this morning if you don't mind. And if you have a need, as he begins to play some music here in a moment, if you have a need, Pastor Ron, did you want to say anything? If you have a need, I'm going to invite you to come. We are going to pray, and we are going to push through this morning and pray for any need that comes. So I would invite you to come this morning if you have a need. is insignificant or small that is a lie from the pit of hell and I don't care what you need is this morning amen hallelujah thank you Jesus
we're going to kind of tag team this year. So uh, if if I'm praying for someone, Pastor Ron and Mary will step in and pray as well. So um, just keep making your way forward here. dismiss you if you if you need to leave and want to leave that's fine just quietly leave just only ask one thing quietly leave those who want to meet with bob you can do that in the back but uh, just be quiet as we continue to minister and pray for people so if you still want prayer come up uh, otherwise you're dismissed